What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. New tap room now open at Sass Drive and Cameron in Regina. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. I'm Joel Gasson with my uh, co-host... We'll call him that this week, I guess. John Fraser. John. Woohoo! And uh, it's, yes. uh, it's it's pretty impossible to deny at this point that there has to be some kind of grand master plan afoot by either the CFL or some higher power that we do not know about that is clearly trying to help the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 2019, just like they do every other year, but especially this year. Given the circumstances that we have recently learned, not only can these powers control the weather, but they can also put banned substances into the league's, arguably the league's best player's body. No, and you're absolutely right. There, There's only one solution. It's not that Andrew Harris has possibly been doing illegal drugs this whole time and figured he'd been caught three, tested three times and wasn't going to get tested again. It could only be the most wild of conspiracy theories that obviously the CFL wants the riders to win this great cup so you know what everybody you know what let's just cancel the podcast for the rest of the year let's cancel the season for the rest of the year let's just go and uh, let's just go have, have a parade let's just go down to with the great cup uh let's do it in august uh parade will be nice because clearly the cfl uh controls the weather and controls what andrew harris does yes at every step of the way Yes, and they've made sure that they loaded the schedule up with weaker opponents to this point to make sure that the Riders would have a good record coming into this game so we can declare the season over. Yes, absolutely. See, it's funny, though. I do think that there would be some Rider fan crazy enough someplace if they saw Andrew Harris working out in the gym <laughs> to just, like, discreetly, like, sneak in one of those gas station male enhancement pills into, like, his pre-workout and just walk away. Like, maybe, maybe, it's I... funny, there's there's lots of talk about conspiracies to have the CFL win it, but I could see a Ryder fan out there crazy enough to do exactly that, and that's, don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it could be a thing. I mean, I guess if there was any fan base in the CFL, it might be the craziest of Ryder fans, but uh, it's a bit of a stretch, I think. 
to be fair. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a wild stretch. I mean, just like saying that, you know, you got some sort of substance in your normally um, legal supplements that you've been taking, how it mysteriously ended up there. What's interesting is Jeff Heck hasn't really had much to say about this one. Uh, no, he certainly has not. Um, and, and I did like one point to, to, for, for Andrew Harris to come out. Uh, and this is the earliest I think we've ever talked about actual football in this podcast. This is weird, Joel. What the hell's going on? Um, for Andrew Harris to come on out and say, oh, it must have been cross-contamination or whatever. It was Quinn Magnuson, former Reiner, an occasional uh, TV commentator here in Saskatoon, that came out and said, test the sample then. Or test the powder, or test whatever. I don't buy it, and I'm a Bombers fan. I don't buy it for a second. Yeah, I think we'll get into this a little bit more after in a little bit here, just because I think I'm just so angry about it. I'm so angry. I'm See, crushing. I, I'm, I got a little. I'm not ah, I'm on the angry. other. I'm not. I'm not on the other perspective. And really, like any player who tests positive these days, it doesn't really get to me anymore. I'm just like, eh, whatever. And, and I'm not. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm angry as a bomber fan. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I'm not angry because he's a role model or any of this other bullshit. I'm just angry because my team is probably going to get their asses kicked by the team I talk about mm-hmm. once a week with you. And you went on CTV Morning Live in Saskatoon with your bomber jersey on before you knew this information, right? <laughs> um, the best part was I literally uh, like that news broke. From the time I left the studio after being live on CTV um, on, what was that? That would have been Monday. Uh, That news broke from the time I got out of the studio into my Rogue to my house and went to go on Twitter because I noticed that I had been tweeted actually by Quinn once or twice. (laughs) And the only other thing I see, I see, I I think it was was Devin Haru of CBC who actually ran into this weekend. Um, I saw his tweet first about it and I just went... I, I, I tweeted out, and it's the one word we try not to say in this podcast. Mm-hmm. I tweeted out the classic Brian Cranston putting his hands up and just dropping the F-bomb gif. I'm like, that's how I felt. That is, I literally, before I went in to see my wife and kids, I just sat in my car and just dropped the F-bomb. Yeah, I mean, it's entirely fair. So if we, in a roundabout way, if we really want to stretch this into something... The fact that you went on to a television program in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. with a bomber jersey, mm-hmm. you may have mm-hmm. just jinxed yourself with that one. Oh, so what you're saying is when I put on my jersey that morning, somehow I altered the timeline that Andrew Harris ended up on the steroids. I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in that tinfoil hat. It's, uh, it's it is, like my it is far more likely days. than some shadowy figure at the CFL controlling the rider's destiny. <laughs> <laughs> my wardrobe controls the CFL more than anything. Just just in stuff that like you actually believe in. Like, you know? Fair. Because we know no, every every take so, you so, have tends to go like horribly sideways. So It's 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 wow. Am I like Whoa. Uh, am I like the Neo of the CFL. Even the rain delayed game. The rain delayed game. My kids wouldn't go to sleep. And I thought I was going to miss the end of it. But instead, I had already watched the end of it. You saw the end before you knew it was the end. Whoa, there is no spoon. <laughs> 
So yeah, we're obviously going to talk about uh, Andrew Harris and the fact that he's going to miss uh, what it looks like unless there's some kind of appeal coming for the Labor Day Classic and the Banjo Bowl, which is significant, mm-hmm. obviously, especially since the uh, the Riders, mm. uh, the Bombers will also be without Matt Nichols, and we're also going to get into a little interesting story on that, specifically Matt Nichols uh, from uh, G- former GM Brennan Tamman, who had a column, as he does every week in the original Leader Post, and then I would imagine it appears in Star Phoenix as well. Um, talking about a trade he almost made back in 2015 that may have tra- changed a lot of fortunes for a lot of people, maybe not in a good way for some. And we're obviously going to talk ahead about the Labor Day Classic and uh, where the riders stand, as this might become a bit of a thing with us right now, as uh, they uh, slashed Ottawa, as they should have. Mm-hmm. Oh, got yeah. there. It took a little while, like usual, but it got there. But uh, in the meantime, John, what's in the glass this week? Well, because sometimes you walk into your favorite liquor store and sometimes you see, oh, there's 24 beer on sale for 50 bucks. And sometimes you go, or I can buy two 15 packs for 50 bucks. And you go, I have 50 bucks. Um, Even when I buy a quote unquote generic beer, it is, of course, local. Just going with a classic 016, some uh, little Great West, uh, you know, a couple. uh, Couple long, uh, you know, uh, golf shots away from uh, from my house here in Saskatoon. Can't go wrong. Uh, mass produced, but local, right here in downtown Saskatoon, beside the Granite Curling Club, which has the best wonton soup you will ever have. I think that's at least the second time you've mentioned that on this podcast. That wonton soup is that good. <laughs> like, like maybe it's just. Because, Are you being like, paid in wonton time- soup? <laughs> Uh, no, because then I would actually uh, talk about the Bon Me store that that uh, a friend of mine owns and a colleague of mine owns, and who also has good wonton soup. But um, I can tell you, but maybe and just maybe, the only time I ever curl out of the granite is usually the men's bond spiel weekend in Saskatoon, when I'm usually drunk for most of the weekend. So it's like that saltiness and that savoriness mm. after you've been drinking the whole night. That might be it. That might be why it tastes so good. So the question is then, do you risk ruining what you know about it by going to try it without having a few beer first? Hell no. Hell no. That, that's nice that's a smart brewery, move, yeah. Brewery's night next door, so I can just go and make of the beer and make of the soup and make of the curl. That makes a lot of sense. So back in my younger days when I was in Ottawa and when I lived there and you know there was the bar we went to all the time we were in college and there was this pizza place next door that smartly stayed open until I think 3 a.m. on like Fridays and Saturdays. For obvious reasons, you would yes. you would close the bar and you'd roll out there, and then it would just be like full of people just grabbing pizza by the slice. And of course, mm. we always thought, "I was like, oh, this pizza's amazing." Looking back on it, it probably wasn't, but you know what? It was two a.m. on a Saturday night. <laughs> so you know what? I've never really tried Willie's Pizza since, but they have expanded across the city a little bit. So it seems like that little, you know, that little pizza shop that they had there was a the start of something for them, maybe. I don't really remember if it's actually good or not because I don't think I'd had it without first going to that bar. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to... Re- Although, like, now I'm like... I-, I feel like I'm curious. Like, I feel like if I ever had the opportunity to go to Ottawa, I'd have to try Willie's Pizza sober and then report back to you whether it was, you know, all that in a bag of chips to just not, you know, potentially ruin it for you, gas man. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's lots of other great pizza places in Ottawa where I could, I could send you if you really were... If you ever, for some reason, ended up there. I don't know why you'd be there, but... Neither, neither, neither will I. But hey, maybe one day. I am from Ontario. It just those things kind of happen. You're from Thunder Bay. That's like a different Ontario. 
It is. It very much <laughs> is. It very much is. It's more like Eastern Manitoba. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, when I, like, I remember when I first moved out west. This was 2006. I was in Lloydminster. And I used to tell people I was from Ontario. And, and no offense to you guys in southern and eastern Ontario, of course, you being yeah. uh, genuinely one of the best human beings I know. You know, like three people, so that's you know. That's fair, um, <laughs> but but of those three, you're among the top. You're among the top tool on that one, Gasson. Um, I used to just tell people I was from Manitoba because you tell people you're from Ontario, and I'm sure you've run into this, and people just assume you're an asshole. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah, right. Like especially here in Western Canada, you're like, "Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Ontario." And you're from Ontario, from the center of the universe. And then they don't. I honestly, for the first year I lived in Lloydminster, told people I was from Manitoba. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I very much feel like I am, like, from eastern Manitoba. That's really what it should be. I, 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 like Northern Ontario and, like, okay, they have their own curling team. You know, they've always had the men's, and now they have the women's and the, you know, the Scotties and the Briar, Woo-hoo. too. Hashtag 8N Nation. Because they always are That's kind right. of their own little province. There just isn't really enough people or really like a hub to really justify it being an actual 11th province you know exactly so it's got to go somewhere and for some reason they decided ontario instead of maybe manitoba i don't know they, they probably uh, could have split along the line there somewhere and done halfsies on it but right right which would which would probably put my hometown in eastern manitoba and then thunder bay in ontario this is confusing <laughs> Well, for me, I'm drinking the Pile of Bones Hibiscus Lime Goza. Skatch and Rough Riders are now 6-3 and three on the season. Their fifth straight win against the mm-hmm. Ottawa Red Blacks. The first time they've won five games in a row since the start of the 2014 season, which really brought back some flashbacks and some memories. And uh, we are almost pretty much now at the five-year anniversary of the day this franchise pretty much went in the tank for a few years. Yes. Which is crazy to think that it was five years ago in a couple of weeks was the play that Dan Clark and the offensive line did not hear the whistle that clearly went, but it was so loud and at IGF you can't blame them for it. And Darian Durant got his elbow exploded. And then Chris Cuthbert yes. had the he, he had the infamous quote that did the, is the rider's season's hopes walking out the door or whatever it was, and people were like furious at the time about him saying that, and he was right. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. But we all we all knew it back then. The backup quarterback situation was uh, was not good at all. But you're right. It, it, it seems it seems so close yet so far away that the rant's elbow exploded. Yeah, and it's it's weird now though. Here we are five years later now, and it feels like finally the franchise has recovered from that. And I know there was the Achilles heel in game one the next season that kind of just exacerbated the whole problem. And if that doesn't happen, maybe it's an entirely different story of Darian Durant, but, and that at the end of that era, but effectively looking back on it, that game was like the end of that sort of, you know, 2007 to 2014 era of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And here we are now, basically five years later, and I think it's safe to say now that they've they finally recovered from it. There's been enough of a rebuild. The pieces are in place. And they found Cody Fajardo. They finally found their quarterback that they've been looking for since Darian Durant got hurt. And as you know, in the CFL and in football, it's hard to find a quarterback. So the fact that they got it now, you know, in every season sacred, now is the time for them to really, I think, build on this and try and regain that form that we saw in 12 and 13 and maybe start the start of something new 
five years later after the, you know, the sort of the previous era end and there was kind of this weird lost generation in between. Yeah, yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. And I, I, I think this is going to be the team team to do it. You mentioned it, the five straight wins, and you mentioned, you know, all, all the things like Cody Fajardo, who we obviously both like as a person and, and, and genuinely seem to have a bit of a bro crush on. But, uh, yeah, it, it seems like this is, like last year was putting the pieces in, in place on defense. Mm-hmm. This year the offense is there, and it seems to be all catching up. And, and you're right, it does seem to be the start of a new era out of the dark days of not being able to find a quarterback and the Tino Sinceri days and, you know, coaxing Kerry Joseph out of retirement for the 17th time and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like I just, I, I have a hard time, especially right now with the injuries and issues in Winnipeg. You'd have a hard time convincing me that Saskatchewan is not the best team in the CFL right now. And it's been a long time since that era that you, that you talked about. The Durant era, the the 07 till 2014 era. It's been a long time since you could say that about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, and, like, and like, even it, even in for a good chunk of that era, they were always kind of thought of, you know, second or third, maybe kind of thing, right? There's right. always a team statistically that was better than them. Are you could argue probably those 08, 09 teams or 910, whatever it was, that went back to back Grey Cups were better than the team that won in 2013. It just didn't come yeah. together at the end, basically. No, and you're absolutely right. But and I look at I look at this season, and I look at the lack of teams that Edmonton has beat. And then you couldn't beat a Winnipeg team with a quarterback that completes seven passes. Mm-hmm. Um, Calgary, especially without Bo Levi Mitchell, has taken a step back. And Winnipeg is, you know, without a suspended Andrew Harris and without Matt Nichols, and although still very good, like yeah, right we'll now, get into the the X factor there that could still single handedly win them in a football game in a second. Oh, absolutely. When we're talking about the Labor Day Classic, but this season as a whole, mm-hmm. like, and it's funny, you know, when the CFL.ca power rankings had them sixth last week, which was completely asinine, which was mm-hmm. stupid, just simply stupid. Um, the fact is, this might be the second best, at, at worst, the second best football team in the CFL right now. Yeah, that's on the three down nation power rankings this week, which as of the time of this recording have not been released yet, so I don't know where the final tally stood. There's still a lot of variation, but yeah, I had the Riders second for me. I still put Winnipeg one, just uh, just felt right still for some reason, because I think that defense is good enough to still win some games. Um, Yeah, it could change in a hurry, and that's just kind of the way the picture has gone. I think Calgary's a team that can certainly shoot up quickly. If they uh, if they beat Edmonton this week, and I think that will definitely send a signal about the Eskimos if they uh, lose to Calgary this week as well. Right. But the interesting thing and this is what we talked about and a lot a little bit about, and everyone said, well, who have the Riders beaten? Well, okay, yeah, their schedule's been fairly light so far, and they got the best team they had to face is Hamilton, and it was their first game without Josiah without uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli, not Josiah St. John, and. <laughs> So there's a bit of a leeway there, and their offense kind of hasn't been great since Mazzoli went down. Dane Evans hasn't quite panned out as expected just yet. He may get there, but there's certainly some work for Evans to be done. So yeah, who have they beaten? But to me, what I look at is, other than the okay, the first two games, the first two weeks of the season are always a wash. It doesn't matter who you play. It doesn't matter where yeah. they end up. There's just None of that matters. So yeah, Ottawa yeah. had a freak game against them earlier in the year. You can't really hold that against them. No. Beyond that... Okay, yeah, they've played BC twice, and they played Toronto, and they just played Ottawa. But you know what? They didn't just beat them. They just they crushed those teams to dust, essentially. And I know the first oh, game absolutely. against BC felt closer than it was, but realistically, 
none of those teams really ever had a chance in those football games. And when you are a good team like you were, are the Riders against Ottawa last week, that's what you have to do, and that's what they did. And we've seen this team be good at times and still lose to bad football teams. Now it appears they're good, and they're actually beating the bad football teams. Well, well, and that's and that's what good teams should do. And it's funny that you know, all, all as good as Winnipeg's been this year, let's not forget they didn't do their job against the Toronto Argonauts and no. lost to Toronto, even with Andrew Harris and Matt Nichols in the lineup, right? Like that. That to me. Like, you never, in Calgary's heyday, and, and, and that may not be over yet, Calgary's still a great organization, a great team, mm-hmm. but you never really saw the Stamps lose to a team that was, you know, far below them. No. And, and that, to me, is what you're starting to see of this Ryder team. As you mentioned, you know, like, like that Ottawa game, it was never in doubt. Those two games against BC, never in doubt. Like, there was not a single moment that you went... Oh shit! This could go sideways. It was just this is dominance. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is like this is, and you can tell too. And it's funny. There's a different atmosphere in the stands at Mosaic when the te- when everybody in that place knows their team's going to win. It is such a party, and that place just gets brought to another level. And I think that weirdly helps. But when the crowd has confidence and the team has confidence, and it all just kind of comes together. Like and that's and that's what they're doing. Like they're they are doing their job, and they are blowing these teams out. And I look forward to seeing them. Like normally, like if Edmonton has been exposed a little bit from playing weak teams, I think Saskatchewan has used weak teams to get themselves sharper, to get themselves ready for when you are going to see now. Okay, a very talented Winnipeg Blue Bombers team three times here coming up right yeah. you know you got calgary coming up you've got the good teams coming up and normally you're going oh is this going to sustain is this is this going to still i think they're ready i think they're ready for the for the chance i think they needed that a little bit because of the you know they had a bit of a tumultuous offseason with losing a, a few key players and then chris jones leaving to me this team is trending upwards and it's upwards at the right time yeah i i think that's an entirely fair point and how much last year did we talk about the way they were winning if it was sustainable, right? With how right. it was the defense week after week after week after week. And this year, they're winning the football game a lot of different ways. And that's yeah. really important. So, yeah, okay, yeah. last week aside where Dom Davis decided he did was just going to throw it to anyone who was open, no matter what color jersey they were wearing. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't really relied on that splashy play so much defensively. Sure, they've made a few recently, and you need those to win football games every once in a while. But they're still doing a few things on offense. I think the offense has slowed down a little bit from where it was, but that's been fine. They haven't needed it to because when you go up 20 nothing in the first quarter of a football game, yeah, naturally things kind of die off a little bit, and you felt the energy in the crowd go out, and the game kind of hit a wall yeah. for a while there. And what I've always felt, what I found really interesting about this, and this is not the first time this has happened to this team either. They get out to a bit of lead, a bit of a lead against these bad teams, and so they naturally you kind of let off the pedal a little bit, and you think it's going to be a breeze, and then all of a sudden we've seen you know BC had two kick return touchdowns. BC the first game was you know was kind of close at the half, even though they were kind of in it but not really. And then this one against this game against Ottawa, they had that touchdown pass to Rhymes with about a couple minutes to go in the half. And these are all moments where sometimes when a bad team is kind of getting the shit beat out of them, 
that suddenly things maybe turn around a little bit in a game that's closer than it should be. The Riders haven't let the other team do that, which is exactly which is very important to you know kind of make a note of because if you because it's easy sometimes let a team hang around a little bit when they shouldn't and that often more often than not that team comes back to win. The Riders haven't really done that this year. They've been able to be to remain mentally strong and focused and say okay. Let's get back at her, because I believe in the second half after that touchdown, Ottawa only mustered up two more field goals the rest of the game. So as close as it felt at times, they locked it down after that one touchdown and said, no, okay, we're we're awake now. We're good. Don't worry. Yeah, and and the thing is with this team compared to last year's team that you and I talked about so much that that the offense couldn't win them a game if their life depended on it. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and although we haven't really had to see it yet, I feel like this Ryder team would be capable of winning a shootout. Of winning a blow for blow. And I don't see it happening with the Ryder defense, but, you know... I don't, I don't really see sometime. it... I don't really see it the way all of the top teams in this league kind of play now. They're all, no, they're all right. pretty good on defense, and they're all, shall we say, fairly conservative on offense. Except for Winnipeg sometimes tries some different things. And we're seeing Gahari Jones do some wild things out of Montreal, which is amazing. But beyond that, every offense is kind of similar in this league right now it's true but i mean i could see a guy like kahari try to pull out all the stops in a game against saskatchewan yeah right like and i feel like they could win that game like i feel like if if either paul lapolis or kahari jones like like i have a feeling that in the labor day classic or the banjo bowl you're going to see every single gadget play paul lapolis has ever dreamed up on the back of a napkin while with his buddies drinking at two in the morning like I feel well, he like might, you're he might going... need it. So, <laughs> well, that's it. Like I feel like he's going to need it. I feel like one of these three games you're going to see it. But I feel like the Ryder offense is good enough this year that if Winnipeg can score, can get some big gains on some gimmicky design plays and things like that, that the Ryder offense can go just go, yeah, Fajardo. yeah, and... and just march down the field and do their job with William Powell and and, and the receiving core. Like I just. Wow! I think I died. I think I died a little on that sneeze. Um, Hopefully, no one was listening too loud on that one. Peace. Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Just glad I didn't wake any of the kids up. Um, I just feel like this offense. If 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 Craig Dickinson needs them to go out and win them a football game, they can. That that defense is as good as last year. Although, like schematically, they're not. They're there's they're just. You and I talked about it all, all year. They're they're they have the talent. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a little bit more vanilla of a look, but they're going to bring it together, and that they have. Like it's just, I, I feel like like the more I think about it, and the more I watch them just kick the asses of these of these subpar teams. That uh, I, it's hard to not not think of them as as the best team in the CFL right now. Yeah, and I I, th- I think that's that's an entirely fair point, and we're, we're I think we're really going to find out for sure. Uh, I think it's safe to say that they're top four for sure no matter what happens over the oh, next couple sure. of weeks, but over the next couple of weeks, if somehow, and I don't think they will because it's incredibly tough to do, and I know we say this every year and for the last few years they have, I don't think they're going to sweep both games. I think they'll probably, yeah. in all likelihood, as usual, win this one and lose the next one. And yeah. because that's just the way it kind of goes, and that third game is going to be very interesting with Matt Nichols potentially, well, he probably won't be back, but Andrew Harris will be back and that'll make a big difference. So that third game will be will be really interesting. So, 
where does this stand right now then? So it's the Riders and the Bombers. It's the Labor Day Classic. It's the biggest, you know, game of the regular season before October when we really get into, you know, the the, the grind and the push toward the playoff. And, you know, it has the recipe for at least the Labor Day Classic considering the Bombers are without their two best players on offense and arguably without a guy who before the suspension, was probably the MOP favorite in the league, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Wow, like, you would think this the recipe there should be, okay, the Riders should win this game fairly easily, but, you know, it's Labor Day and it's Winnipeg, and there's still good football players around there, and when you, when you don't really know for sure still what a quarterback is going to do, that still makes your life difficult. And so there's going to yeah. be a lot of different things that the Bombers are still going to be able to throw at the Riders, I think the Bombers' best course of action in this game is going to have to be, you know, obviously a low-scoring affair, which I think the Riders will also be fine with because they'll be able to get yeah. in there and get their defense going. But really, and this is you know, this is not a hot take alert whatsoever, the best chances of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning this game are what we saw last week and what we saw a lot in Saskatchewan last year. And that's where Willie Jefferson just becomes an unstoppable wrecking ball. No, yeah, and, and, and he looked like that last week against Edmonton, and that is the one X factor that Winnipeg has. Now, I will say with all the all the praise I've heaped upon the Riders and, and how I do think that right now they are the best team in the CFL, if Winnipeg comes out and wins Labor Day, because we know that is the most hostile environment the Blue Bombers will see until probably a road playoff game the entire year. Yeah. They are without their their quarterback. They are without their, their top running back for – reasons i talked about off the top of the show that i don't necessarily believe him i think his excuse is bullshit but again i'm not really surprised um i i I just think if winnipeg comes out and soundly wins this game the argument it is their great cup to lose Mm -hmm. the argument that anybody else should even be considered for the best team in the cfl is moot it's over if winnipeg without those two guys can win and win handedly the riders are the second best team in the cfl stop and story the bombers are clearly on top right it's it's it it, 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 that's what i like about this is that i still think you're you're right there's enough talent in that winnipeg team i i i I, i'm not counting on a blowout no i'm counting on the riders winning i'm counting on the riders winning by maybe a couple of scores i'm counting Mm -hmm. on you know i i'm count i am by all everything we've watched this season the riders without facing a Winnipeg team without Nichols and Harris should win both games the next two weeks, period. But there is enough talent on that Bomber team to go, okay, if they do, I don't think it's going to be easy. No. And and frankly, Willie Jefferson is used to carrying teams to victory that have no offense. So Which is unbelievable this is, this is not new. Yeah, this, then that, that's, yeah he's, just, he's just a freak of nature. And I know we talked about him a ton on this podcast last year. And watching that game last week against Edmonton, I was like, oh, man, I miss watching Willie Jefferson every week. Especially, right. now, especially now that we're heading into like peak Willie Jefferson season. Charleston Hughes is the first half guy. Willie Jefferson is the second half guy. And he did, he's entering his zone now. And he's, he's just going to be dominant probably for the next number of weeks. And it's just going to be so fun to watch I, I almost wish there was you could invent a rule right now where you could go back maybe even a few years and say okay Willie Jefferson you're not allowed to play for the same team more than two years in a row just so all <laughs> nine fan bases in this league get to experience at least a season of you on their team that is just how incredible yeah, yeah. 
he is to watch. Well, well, and you know, you and I have both talked about now that uh, after years of being in the media, we kind of cheer for guys to succeed, mm-hmm. uh, no matter where they are. You know, we've talked about what we like out of Cody Fajardo, and and I even you know reminisced back to my days of of interviewing Weston Dressler and realizing I was taller than him. You know, <laughs> and, 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 and like I, I liked interviewing those guys, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't really get the chance to, to talk to Willie Jefferson much, but just he is such a freak. He's such an athlete. He's so fun to watch, and I mean. As a guy that watches damn near every single Riders game and damn near every single Bombers game, unless I'm stuck at work or something like that, it's it's watching him. It's just it's it's pure domination, and it's not something you see out of a D lineman no. to create like like like. There's lots of very good D linemen. Two of them play for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but you don't see them take over a game in the way that Willie Jefferson does with all the things he can do. And you're right. It's 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 a treat. It's a treat for the next two weeks here to watch him against his old team, and oh, it's gonna be great. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun. A former team. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. A guy who could have been on the other side of this, as we learned recently, is Matt Nichols. And people might be saying, "Huh, what?" There's an interesting column. So if you don't know, um, former Rider GM Brennan Tamman writes a column for the Leader Post and the Star of Phoenix every week. And usually at the end of it, him and Rob Vanstone do their predictions for the week. Blah 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 blah. I don't read it that often, but it caught my attention this week because it said. Something along the lines of the the trade he he talks about the trade he almost made. And I was like, what? Well, this is interesting. Now you got my attention. That's what I want to know. I don't want to know what you think about exactly. the league currently. I mean, we all have our opinions on the league currently, and that's great. I want to know what you what, what you tried to do as GM of this team. And he goes back to the week before that infamous game in Ottawa in 2015, where Brett Smith started was bad, and they got pulled for Tino Sinceri, and the fan base lost their minds. And I just remember that game went to hell in a handbasket very quickly. It was one, I believe, where they had, I had a picture of it at the time, just the most asinine defensive court, like, lineup I'd ever seen. Like, John Chick was, like, alone in the middle, and everyone else was, like, yes. it was, like, five yards away from him on either side, and Henry Burris was, like, okay, I'm going to check down to William Powell or whoever was running back at the time, and we're going to run for a touchdown. And it happened yep. so easily, because it was basically the running back versus John Chick one-on-one. Yes. <laughs> it was essentially right. what the play was. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. So anyway, had the Riders won that game, which we learned as that game went on, there was never a chance. Um, no. GM Brennan Tamman was that week talking to other another team about potentially adding a quarterback because he felt had the team moved to 0-9, they would need a shake-up. And Craig Reynolds agreed, obviously. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> and for him, the sh- a shake-up for a football team either means a change GM. Well, he's not going to fire himself. A coaching change. I don't really... He didn't really get into whether that was really on his agenda or not. Or a quarterback change. And we all could agree that Ryder team needed a quarterback change. Oh, my goodness, yes. Brett the winemaker Smith and Tino to an out sinceri. Yeah. And so they... Uh, he tells a bit of a back tale. He was at Dallas Cowboys camp in 2012. was scouting a quarterback, but he was already on some other team's neg list, so he was out of the picture at the time. Then in the during that 2015 season, the week before that game in Ottawa, he's in talks with the general manager at the time to try and acquire a quarterback from a team, but he says, okay, well, we visit this after the next game. That was Brendan Tamman's last game. So he's in the office the next day, and, you know, stuff's happening, and it looks like everything's in... He could tell something's up, and as he's, then he gets let go, and then he goes back to his office to clean his desk, and there's the there's a post-it note on his desk with the initial CC for Corey Chamberlain, so 
he was obviously going to have a discussion with Corey Chamberlain about something that day. Mm-hmm. And the other was MN. So he was obviously going to revisit a trade that could have sent Matt Nichols to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders just ahead of the Labor Day Classic in 2015. And, and see, that's that's interesting because the, the the butterfly, the ripple effect that that would have had on the team. Oh, it'd be you massive. Were talking about, it'd be massive. You and I were be, talking the about the effect this. on both teams would have just been so big going forward. Not only both teams, but also I think the Edmonton Eskimos, who of course brought Mac Nichols up, and you and I were talking before we started recording. Like, let's not forget that Matt Nichols beat Mike Riley for the starter's job, and the only reason Mike Riley ended up with the starter's job is because Matt Nichols, I believe it was his, it was his ankle or his knee or something, just completely exploded one game and he missed basically the entire year leading to the you know uh, the rise of mike riley now what does that do to winnipeg with no matt nichols to obtain for well, nothing because yeah yeah because this was matt nichols is already in edmonton at this point right right yes but 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 still like yeah you're right he's already in edmonton this is a guy that stole that take taking the job from mike riley and that the writers look to go get um Maybe he doesn't become Winnipeg property. Maybe Winnipeg stays in the dark ages. Maybe Brett Smith becomes the quarterback for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And maybe, just maybe, Stefan LaForce comes out of retirement. And maybe Sergio never plays for the Bombers. I mean, we're just, we're, 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 we're really, we really, you, you don't know how the butterfly effect works. And so the interesting thing I, is, I, 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 can't, I, I can't live in that reality. Yeah, I can't, so this, I can't this, in that reality. So obviously that move would have dramatically altered the Bombers' future. I, I don't know if it would have dramatically altered the Riders' future, though, because that offensive line was not good, and it wasn't good oh, no. for a couple of years, two or three years after that fact, until it actually kind of, it was partway through last season when you finally started to feel a little confident in the offensive line again. So, had Brennan Tamman actually pulled that trade off, yes, Matt Nichols would have been a better quarterback than... Uh, Brett Smith or Tino Sinceri or Seth Daggy or whoever else was on that roster at the time. Oh, Seth, Seth Daggy, right? Yes, there's a reference. Daggy days. Um, but so he would have been better. He would have given them maybe a little bit more of a shot. But I really feel like Matt Nichols would have been Drew Willied, and it would have just it would have altered his career in a way that is not good. <laughs> and ultimately, it probably wouldn't have ended up saving Brennan. T- he would have. Bought Brennan Tamman maybe the rest of that season, maybe one more year, depending on how things went. But it certainly wouldn't have. Uh, I don't think it would have greatly extended his time in Saskatchewan. I don't think it would have allowed Matt Nichols to become the quarterback he has today in Winnipeg, because I think he's very much a quarterback of circumstance that landed in the right place at the right time for him to flourish. Yes. Because if he went into a bad situation like that Ryder team was, I don't think he would have been able to lead them to any kind of significant victories. Matt Nichols is a very good quarterback when he has a very good offensive line. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, 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 that's and in fairness, that is a lot of quarterbacks. We're not, you know, this no, is not a knock against him. <laughs> no, no, it, it, you're absolutely right. I, I, I think he's better than a lot of guys when his offensive line is good, but he's not the kind of guy that can, you know, create, that can scramble, that can move in the pocket real well. You know, he needs the, the good old line, right? Um, Save not, that at uh, least a good running back, which he's also had a Winnipeg. Well, well, exactly. Right, which you know, I mean, now now Winnipeg is without a running back because you know he's on steroids. Or although Chris Strebler might be the best option at running back, like at some point, is Winnipeg just put Chris Strebler at running back and roll out their third stringer for Labor Day? Is that uh, a terrible idea? I don't know. Can they do that? I know you have to have at least one quarterback on the field at all times. 
We learned that last year when the Riders had Nick Marshall as running the short yardage option, but still had to run Brandon Bridge or whoever out to the wide receiver spot because a quarterback had to be on the field. <laughs> right. That's that's right. One of those goofy <laughs> CFL roster rules. So. Yeah. But what happens if you have two quarterbacks out there? Does it just mean, like, get, like, bonus points? Probably not. No. no? Yeah, listen, I'm looking for any kind of angle that can help Winnipeg this weekend. I, 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 I just know it's not going to be good, and I'm going to be surrounded by my Ryder fan in-laws and probably very drunk dealing with the fact that Winnipeg's getting shit-stumped. I mean, we'll see. We, we talked about Willie Jefferson, and you never really know what might happen in these kinds of games. And I think this... I, I still, I still, just, I just got a bad. I know lo- my logic, like podcaster brain, talking to you about it, 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 like it feels, it feels good. But like, as we continue discussing this, I, I keep going. Like, I just feel like something bad is going to happen. Well, like, I mean, given your track record, you could be hedging your bets here, and by oh. s- believing that something bad is going to happen, perhaps something good is actually going to happen. It's like when I double reverse jinxed Vanstone last week. Which I believe he never properly thanked you for. I did mention it on Twitter. Um, that's right. I expected a uh, a Safeway cake as a present with candles <laughs> that said, thank you for reverse jinxing me, Fraser. Uh, new Twitter follower, Rob Vanstone. Thank you. Um, I'll expect my cake in the mail. Mail cake? Do you really want cake in the mail? Yeah, I want cake at all times. But in the mail, the, like... Do you really trust Canada Post to send you cake and not, like, mash it? Fair. But at least then I wouldn't feel like such a pig. It's like, oh, I totally didn't eat most of this cake in disgusting fashion. It showed up that way because it's Canada Post. I'd have a scapegoat for being a glutton. Well, you already have one. It's called the Grey Cup Grease Up. Oh, that's right. Oh, oh, oh. You know what? Oh, I had a great Grey Cup Grease Up on, on, on Sunday, Joel. Yeah? I got a little drunk Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we uh, as we bid adieu to, and also I think this is the reason he got the job. Uh, oh right, we were he, supposed to mention this. Yeah, we were, and now it's just coming up. This I, I love how organically this podcast moves. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Pat Mackay, the two time uh, who was filling in for you while you were off all gallivanting in Europe and stuff. Um, Pat Mackay was is off to be the sports director of CTV Winnipeg, a role that we and I are pretty sure he got because of his appearances on our podcast. I mean, there's no evidence to suggest otherwise. There's, I think it's That's literally right. the difference maker because he's been doing that job for how long, and all of a sudden he appears on this podcast and gets this job. I mean, come on. Boom. Ten years in Saskatoon. Next thing you know, sports director Winnipeg, you know, wubba-lubba-dub-dub. All of a sudden, it's, it's clear the podcast is variable. So anyways... Uh, eat a bunch of eat a hot dog and wings that night while drinking a whole bunch of beer with him and some other friends. Uh, get up the next morning. I had a greasy egg McMuffin. Nice. That night I was so lazy I ate two whoppers as well. It was <laughs> it was peak grease up. It was peak grease up. Then today, then today I'm randomly sitting at my desk when one of my coworkers offered me a pizza. Pizza. I already ate lunch, but great cup grease up. Might as well get into it. Free pizza. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.